Hello, hello. This is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. All right, people, let's do this. This is Tracy Harrell, and I, I'm always so excited. I really, really am excited. I'm excited about this show. Today, the show is called Bigger Than Me. I'm Tracy Harrell, and today we're going to be talking to two of my favorite people in the world, actually. And they're going to be sharing life lessons. A few may, people may, may join us throughout this conversation, but we're going to be talking about today having your best relationships with loved ones, with family and with children. We're gonna start with loving relationships. So I'm gonna have you, uh, Dr. Tart, I'm gonna have you start out, introduce yourself and tell us why it's important to have loving relationships. Why it's okay. important to have this conversation now. All right. Well, hi everybody, it's good to be back on again. Thank you, Tracy, so very much for the opportunity to be here again to share some things about life. And it is important to have a loving relationship or loving relationships um, because they're healthy. According to uh, Pew Research, uh, having a loving relationship or loving relationships can improve our health. It can contribute to uh, healing from certain illnesses. It can certainly minimize stress and it can, um, it, 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 it promotes positivity, positive thinking, positive behaviors and reactions and those kinds of things. So having loving relationships is, uh, is one of those things that can propel us to having a, a healthier lifestyle. I love it. I love that. I love that. Now, the second person that I have on the show, and you're calling in from Orlando, Florida. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. And the second person that I'm going to uh, to bring on, Miss Lashonda Newhart, we just lost your camera, is is one actually my oldest friend. Her name is Lashonda Duhart, and we met in was it junior high school? <laughs> I think. I think a long time ago. Was high school? Was it, it what? Edgewater? No, because remember I knew you at Lockhart. I thought I think I knew you at Lockhart. No, I didn't go to Lockhart. Then, then, then she may not be my oldest friend, <laughs> but you're one of my dearest friends. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? And what I love yeah. about you is that you're just so honest. You're so just, you just say it like it is. And this is a, this is a say it like it is conversation today. So what is your philosophy when it comes to loving relationships or just relationships in general? What would you like to share as your first thought when it comes to loving relationships or just relationships? I guess the first thing is you have to love yourself and, and, and you can't love any love anybody more than you love yourself. And and, and that's just my philosophy. I, you know, I, I do what's in the best interest of me. And although that sounds selfish, it's really not. In order for me to give you my full, fully love you, I have to fully love myself. I'm sorry, my mom, my mom was calling me. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we're gonna have you put your phone on DND, which is do not disturb. And so, Dr. Tart, while Sean gets her uh, her phone situation together, I'm gonna ask you the question that we talked about uh, previously, as relates to to you know we're in the Corona, we're in this yeah. is COVID nineteen pandemic space. And I think the idea of having loving relationships is really more important now than ever, right? Yeah, I think it's more important true. for us to really try to, to be loving to other people, loving to one another. And I like what Sean said about loving yourself. So let's yeah. go there. Why is it so important to love yourself first? Why is loving yourself so important? Well, if you have no point of reference and the, the, you know, we're with ourselves 24-7, so if you really don't have any point of reference what, of what love feels like or what, it, what, you, what you're looking for, then it's going to be pretty difficult for you to extend that or pour that out into someone else. So, so very true. And I think as a, as a psychologist, what I, what I love about, about this idea of loving yourself, you look gorgeous, Ms. Duhart, um, is... You know, to your point, if we don't love ourselves, we don't even get to teach people how to treat us. And Sean, I know that's one of the things that you said when you and I were talking about relationships. Tell me a little bit more about this idea of what you learned, one of your key lessons learned when it came to having your best relationships. I think, like I, I, I think what I said was initially, I guess when I when I my first relationship, I just kind of believed that a man should know how to treat me. You know what I'm saying? So I just expected him. To, to do certain things. And when, when he didn't, I was disappointed. But over time, I realized in order for to hold somebody accountable for my needs, I had to tell them what I needed, you know, Absolutely. what I expected, what I needed. And once I told you, then you can be accountable. And if you fail to provide it, then, you know, I had to do what was in the best interest of me. So I guess the, the one thing, the one lesson I've learned is, is not to assume. We all assume that, you know, mm -hmm. we all come from different backgrounds and have different upbringings. So you assume that people have the same experiences and will treat you the same way, but everybody doesn't. So in order to get what you need or want from somebody, you have to vocalize it, say it. Absolutely. And then at that point, you hold them accountable. Mm, so Dr. Turner, I heard you say, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. You gave her an amen yes. corner. Absolutely. Tell, tell us more. I mean, it's so foundational what she just said. And a lot of people don't get this. Yeah. Our first point of reference, our, our first uh, even when we wake in the morning, you know, after we've uh, talked to God or whatever, but I've, I, we see the world through our lenses, through through our perspective, what whatever it means to us. We can use the same word and mean something different because of our life experiences. And to uh, Lashandra's point, if we don't use our voice, we, without necessarily intending to, we give other people permission to speak for us. And when they do that, they may speak wrongly because they don't know what we want if we haven't shared that. Okay. Do you love how Go ahead, I'm sorry. Say, say that again? No, no, please say that I again. Even, even to the point of uh, our definition of love, even the point of our definition of love. You know, we say that we, we're looking for this and for this, whatever the this is, this is one of the representations of love for us. For someone else, it could be polar opposite. So. You know, love languages are important. We'll get to that later. I love that. I love that. Let's let's talk a little bit more about that. Because Sean said something similar when we spoke. I'm gonna have him come back to you, Duhart. But but Dr. Tart, you specifically just said 
our definition of love. So we want to have loving relationships, but that means different things for different people, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. so when you think when you think about this, is, I guess for me this is kind of like about expectations, right? You you set yeah. your expectations. You're basically telling people to verbalize. If love for you means X, then say yeah. what it means to the person that you're even thinking about getting into a relationship with. I think a lot of times people get into these relationships before they've actually had conversations and then they figure things out. So yeah. how important is it to, to your point, know yourself, know what you want and need, and then say that upfront and in person early it in is the process. So I think, uh, thanks for asking that question, uh, Tracy. It is so important because we have bought into so many myths regarding what we think that love is. I mean, what others tell us that love is or what we think um, we're, that people are supposed to know. Um, Lashonda referred to it early on when she said that she her thoughts were, well, okay, if, I, if this guy is a guy, so he should just know how to treat a lady and he should just know what it is that I want or whatever, but not necessarily if that's not his frame of reference. So using our voice is critical and to understand, you know, be able to talk about what is this? What 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 is it that you're expecting? I, I'm I'm certain that you've had friends, and you may have even been in that place yourself when you were in a in a new relationship, and it's like, oh, that he's just this, that, and the third, and we can just talk about any and everything. But more often than not, a number of those things are very superficial. So people aren't buying into the same thing. You know, if you go in with an agenda, and someone else comes in with an agenda, and that that can become very conflictual in in uh, quickly if it is that you're working not only for towards uh, your own personal agenda, but the other person doesn't know that, but if it's negative, that can really become very explosive. So mm. yes, talking about what are you asking for? What are you looking for? What does this relationship mean to you? Just that in and of itself can be um, important. I love it. Sean, I know when you and I were talking and you, you and I have been friends for a, for a long time. And, and what I love about you is you really don't hold any punches. It's like, and when I say that, I mean, I mean, you lovingly, when you say you put yourself first, you're basically, tell me what you learned from your mom. You and I talked about your mom and my mom kind of shared similar things, I think, with us. So let's talk about what you learned from your mom and kind of how you, how that helped to shape how you define and how you function in relationships advice okay. for other people as well exactly and like i'm i'm, I'm a one of four children and, and my mother kind of raised us differently i was kind of the bookworm and the you know you know i was a late developer so the way she raised me and raised my mother my sister were different my sister was more popular she was into boys sooner than me so her her advice to her was different but mine because she sheltered me and i was naive to a certain extent she always told me not to take anything from a man because they would expect something in return. And I guess she knew I wasn't prepared to, to give them whatever that was. And, and, and the other thing was she raised me to always be independent. So I was all, I've always grown up or been in a relationship where I, I could take care of myself. So I'm not, I'm not a person that needs a man to take care of me, but in the same sense. So I come to the, I, I come to a relationship giving what I expect. I don't expect you to take care of me. So you can't expect me to take care of you. Uh, and in the past, you know, men needs to be needed. So that's that's something I've had to, you know, I'm independent and, and a lot of stuff, but that doesn't mean I don't need you. I just don't need you to financially take care of me. So that's always that's been a challenge, you know, and it's it's still it's always a challenge still. But mm. um, yeah. I, I like that. I like that. So to hear you say, 
Um, <laughs> to hear you say you don't need a man necessarily for your financial uh, stability. Um, you 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 might come across even emotionally like you don't need a man. And the person who we're going to have on next, Debrina Jackson Gandy, she's going to love you. <laughs> she's going to love you and me because she likes talking to these strong women who who think they got their acts together, who we bring what what I call masculine energy. Like, I, we, I don't consider myself a girly girl, right? Like, I have on some little ruffles or something today. That's about as girly as, right? Like, we, neither one of us are, like, girly girls. So, Dr. Tar, how important? in relationships for women who got their act together and I hate to say it like that but you know men also want to be needed Sean just made a really good point so how do you balance those two things between you know having your act together but also you know embracing your feminine energy or, or giving men that you know the needs that they might have um, to feel one wanted of the, one needed. of the first things that I would say and this sort of ties into what it is that we were saying before in terms of knowing yourself and that is to think about the messages that you send to yourself. What are your, what what's your, what does your self-talk look like, right? And if if oftentimes because it is so important for you to be, um, for for you to be self uh, self-sufficient, if if that's a part of your statement or whatever. But think about how it makes you feel when um, that becomes uh, a statement of aggression. So the point that I'm trying to make is listen to the point, listen to the way that you want, first and foremost, the way that you talk to yourself and then think about the way that you talk to others. Are you um, approaching those, the statements that you say to yourself from a negative perspective? Like, like I am a strong black woman and I don't need a man. Um, not that that's negative, but do you use it as I am, I, I'm untouchable, right? If it is that you're wanting to say that I want someone in my life, what does it sound like when you're being positive? I mean, this is in any in any circumstance, not just in a lover, I mean, a, a physical relationship. But what does that sound like? Are you positive? Are are you inclined to use terms like "that's a good idea" or lean into it when people are talking to you, or are you like this and going, "Yeah, I bet." You know, think about not only your words, but your posturing and whatever. So if you're this 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 woman and 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 you you are feminine, at, but you don't necessarily show what wear it on your shoulders or whatever, but you do want people, want a, a, a guy that you want in your world, uh, whatever, to understand that you have those feminine qualities and that you are soft. Uh, and that you can be, you can be soft, but you can also have an have an opinion. So your opinion doesn't have to come across as if it's cast in iron. It can you can have a you can state your opinion without it being um, condescending or or a statement of criticism. It doesn't have to come across that way. It can come across with a yes way. You know the yeses are. Um, I thought that that was a good idea. Can we explore that a little bit further? Um, well, what do you think about this particular idea? You know you want to do that. Give a little to get a little, as it were. Um, you also want to make certain that you are hearing where the other person is coming from. This, again, can tie into what we were talking about early on in terms of the working definition. Uh, uh, Sean, you did say, and we are all aware of the fact, because of our frames of references and our families of origin, people come into relationships 
having a lot to do with the ones that they've left, their initial relationship. So if there was an overbearing mother or an overbearing father, then whenever the either the, the genders meet someone, they're gonna come from that frame of reference. So it is about how do you hear that other person say what he or she, what, what he is saying, since we are talking about relationship with, with men, how do you hear that? What is that about? And how then do you find yourself responding because if it is that you believe that, okay, I'm not going to, he's, he's making some innuendos and maybe for him, that's just, a, he thinks that he thinks that it's a compliment. Um, but for you, that could be offensive because of your own understanding. And how do you um, think about the word um, vulnerable? Because sometimes as, as women, we don't want to show that little soft underbelly because we think um, that we're gonna be taken advantage of. And our society sort of kind of gives us permission to think that way. So then if we don't wanna come across, uh, we don't want to be taken advantage, nobody does, I would submit, wants to be taken advantage of. So we may have our guards up. So then you, you going back to what we were saying before, how do you let somebody know that um, this is what brings your guards down to be spoken to in a particular manner? Um, to be asked questions, to, to be um, heard, and to be validated. Oftentimes my clients, female clients, will say frequently, um, I don't feel validated in this relationship. And Chandra, to your point, oftentimes the men folk will say, I don't feel respected either. So there you go. And it's a matter of how do we make that, uh, across that bridge and make it um, a, a, a well-formed sway rather than being adversarial. Mm. I, see I like her saying a well-formed sway. That was nice. I don't think I sway enough. You guys heard at the beginning, I, again, we were on a board meeting until like minutes before this call. The fact that I actually got makeup on was a miracle uh, for this call. So there's no time. And I was in this space working with Ken and, and I admit that like I actually responded in a way that I didn't want to. Then I have to come back and apologize, right? Yeah. So my masculine energy took over, kind of like my first, my first state of blah, 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 blah. Then I'm like, well, baby, baby. <laughs> so I guess my question to you, Sean, would be, or, or Dr. Tart, you know, like that balance, that sway in between, how do you not, you know, even go there? Like, how do you, how, how do we strong women, Sean, you look like, like you want to say something too. So whoever wants to respond, but how do we continue? Well, I'm going to get right ready to Sean, and I'll, I'll say what I've got to say later. I'm gonna get ready. <laughs> you got to identify it and own it because in every relationship that I've had prior to the one I'm currently in, I want a strong, dump, you know, leading man. But the 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 what I was getting were people that I could control. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then I realized mm. in order to get something different, I have to be something different. I have to change my bait. You know what I'm saying? I had to tone it down, not change or, or dim my light. But in order to get what I need, I need to you know first acknowledge my faults or you know what I need to change. And then once I've done that. I, uh, you know, I, I got something different. Mm -hmm. I love it when Nate comes on and says, yep, Nate, you can feel free to articulate. We were missing the male voice. So if there's anything you want to say, uh, <laughs> feel free. You know, we love you. So Nathan is our, our production manager at the studio. So whenever he <laughs> says something, you have any thoughts, Nathan, about this male female thing? I think he's choosing not to speak. Feel free to jump in. I'll pass. 
<laughs> I like that. He's so awesome. Um, so I love that. So did you hear what she said? Uh, we, we often want... We want this leading man. We want this masculine man. And Ken is like a man's man. Okay. He is machismo, which is what we both like and need, right, Sean? I mean, neither one of us want to be. He says it all the time. He's like, girl, if you was with the <laughs> girl, you are a handful, right? I'm glad I'm a man, you know. So we we make that, and I, I'm lo- laughing because it's just it's hilarious. I think we laugh about it, Sean. You and I have laughed about this for years, right? Like this concept of needing a man's man, wanting a man's man, but also wanting to needing to to, to step into our role. And I hate that some people are gonna say something about when I use the word role, but there are these mas- there is masculine energy and there's feminine energy. And Dr. Tart, you talked about the sway. And I think that's one of the things that I'm still working on, right? This, the reason we're doing this interview is, again, the book is being, the books are being written, you know, from, from book number one, we're still kind of editing this, this, this conversation. And so I wanted to bring in another live dialogue that allows us to really uh, build on what we've already written about. And part of this was about relationships. And we wanted to showcase ourselves as like people who are, you know, legitimately uh, you know, on, a, on a quest to always live our best life. So, so Dr. Tart, I know you were married. Yes. I am married. Um, and- you are married. Sorry, you are married. Yeah. Sorry. But you were married before as well. Yeah. What lesson learned would you share? Because I think a lot of people, you know, don't acknowledge that past relationships, you can learn so much from your from, from, from things that didn't work out. So, Sean, yeah. I'm going to ask you the same things and then I'll share. What lessons learned would you share about your prior uh, marriage and then uh, that you think would be of value to people? Uh, one of the thing, one of my takeaways was clarity. Um, you know, sometimes when there's major conflict over and over and over again for multiple things, sometimes we don't have that kind of, we don't have that clarity. And then, and then even as a therapist, even in trying to exercise that, that, that clarity that you may think that you have, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the person is talking about. And, and truly one of my lessons learned is to pay attention to our frames of reference. People need to understand that you understand what they are saying, okay? Because when we try to um, recreate their narrative, then it can be very disruptive, right? On either side, on, on either side. So I would say without a doubt, that was one of, one of the major lessons that, I, that I've learned. And not to be afraid, to your point, Chandra. That was the one thing I know that in the previous relationships, I walked into the, to, into the marriage not thinking that I was enough. And that's, not, that's, that's unhealthy on any, on any level to anyone. And realizing that if, if that's what you portray, then more often than not, that's what's going to be fed upon, okay? That's what's going to be pounced upon. Uh, as it were, and when you get your voice back, then it causes a ripple. Woo! You mean you can talk? Yeah. And you can say, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. I do have a voice. Oh, well, really? When did you get to be enough? Well, when I recognize that I have a voice. Okay. And utilizing that seriously in, and utilizing it in a non-aggressive, in a non-aggressive way. Because um, uh, as, so, even as a therapist, sometimes when we get to that place and we, we do use our voices, sometimes it can be very, uh, it can come across very hostile and it can become very aggressive. So, you know, for safety purposes, I really want to put that out there. You know, you can use your voice without being aggressive or threatening in that regard. Dr. Gottman, John Gottman, Gottman one of the uh, gurus of, of relationships, and I really appreciate his work. He talks about the four, four horsemen 
um, that's what he calls it, that becomes a destructive, the, uh, destructive tools in a relationship. And that's criticism and um, stonewalling, um, defensiveness, and um, I can't think of the other one right now, but I'll get to it in a minute. But, but it includes being very negative, whether you are dismissive of an individual, whether you are constantly criticizing them or uh, you're blaming them, I think that was the other one, of things that may not necessarily be true, you just presume or assume uh, and or you stonewall, you turn away from, you don't give the person the um, humanity Okay, can I just call it that? You don't you don't extend to them right. the same kind of consideration that you would want, or you don't extend to them that sense of being human and having something to say. That you know, at some point or the other, um, individuals grow tired of that, and they make decisions to do some things differently. And and um, you know that doesn't necessarily make for a healthy relationship. But moving forward, you use those tools. You recognize that they were a benefit. They were there for a reason. And um, you implement them. You make a conscious decision to look at yourself, to look at what was happening previously, maybe in other relationships, and see. And, and again, it's like uh, the vision boards that I oftentimes talk about. It's like I made this vision board and I got to this point in my life. And what does the next one look like? What does my next point look like? Because I don't want to make the same mistakes that I've made before. So what's, what, are, what were my takeaways? And then putting them in, put, truly put the, putting them in, in, in practice, you know, becoming. Um, and I, and I can say this, going back, Shonda, I want to just celebrate you again to that point of recognizing that, you know what? I am enough and I love me. I love me. And this is the way that I love me. I love my flowers. I love my opinions, um, not to be overbearing. I love my, my long skirts and floppy hats. I love, uh, I love thinking. I love reading. I love singing. I love what are those things. And if those things seriously, and they may seem to be innocuous, but if they are, uh, uh, um, unimportant un to other people, then you've got to recognize either this person is more important than those things in your life, or you, you want to help them to understand that these, these things are must-haves in your life, and you have them. You, you do that before you go into the relationship, so then you can continue. It's not like you're growing a new plant or something. It's like you bring them in with you, so then you celebrate them. I love it. I love it. I love that so much. You said so much there. <laughs> there were so many good things in there. No, no, in a good way, in a good way. I was going to ping on three things. So, Sean, I'm going to ask you about your lessons from your relationships, too. Did you hear her talk about um, finding your voice? Um, there's a couple of things that, 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 you know, I think we could potentially build on. But what would you say were your lessons learned? And I'll come back to Dr. Tark's uh, additional elements about finding your voice and other lessons learned. I, just, I think the one thing that stands out best is... Uh, I, I don't make permanent decisions on temporary emotions. And early on in early relationships, I was very re reactive. Mm. You know, I was very dismissive. You know, I've, I've always been the type of person, you know, that almost was discarding and, dis you know, discarding people's feelings. And once, you know, if I didn't get what I needed in, in, in the heat of the moment, you know, I, it was always, it was like a battle, you know what I'm saying? And I was fighting. So I, I said and did think that, like you said, I always had to be, apologetic for or you know make up for it or it you know it was it was a the elephant in the room for in a relationship for so long so i mean in life not in just my relationship just in life and work and everything i don't make permanent decisions on temporary emotions once something happens i'm quiet you know i assess it i i, I evaluate it you know 
is it is it really that important or is it just me overreacting? You know what I'm saying? Is this me being in my feelings? And then once I've once I've calmed down and the emotion is is removed from it, if I still feel that way, then I move forward. And if not, because you know, it, otherwise it's a lot of apologizing and a lot of backtracking. So I just tend to not respond. <laughs> on emotion. I love that. And it, what, what I love that you don't make long-term decisions on temporary emotions. Is that what you said? Yeah. And, yes. what, and what I love about that is, Dr. Tart, what I heard you say, basically the same thing, just a different a different way. You like to talk about, um, in the heat of the moment, that is not the time for lessons. How do you put, what's the language? How do you use that? What do you say? I say that um, it is not a teachable moment. When we are in crisis, teachable moment. it is not a teachable moment. It is not. It's not. So then we are mindful that uh, the, the, whatever that whatever that thing is that precipitated you to get to the crisis, then you got to get through the crisis. If you if you are looking for a new tool, because more often than not, in that crisis, you're going to use that old tool. So whatever that may look like, and that's that's, that's what you're inclined to, inclined to do. So what does that mean? You have to prepare yourself. I was reading not too very long ago, and it may have been um, uh, the science of trust, emotional attunement for couples. It was that too is by Dr. Dutton. Anyway, one of the things that he said is that it's important to build um, your your tool set, as it were, before um, before the crisis. You're going to have difficulties in any relationship, okay? You're going to have difficulties. So expect that you're going to get angry. Expect that you may even be hostile. But what tools do you choose to use, okay? Because those tools, if you've, already, if you've already acted on them, you've already talked about you've shared them. You create, create in a relationship, create the tool set together. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's not talk about this. When let's this not, happens, this is this what we're going to do, right? Yeah, yeah, those kinds of things. So basically, you know, it's like when this happens. So, so if it, when it having a safe word, having a safe so phrase. Happens, I love that. Well, what what is your, what was your one of your safe phrases? One of the things you said that you had everyone laughing about. You said <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. I think you said this is a. <laughs> fun anymore that that was your 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 way to just back out of any any copy we're not going to argue we're not yeah. going to take this any further this yeah. isn't fun anymore yeah this is how fun. do you I, I love that so basically you're giving people immediate tools that they can use to not back out necessarily but to graciously exit without escalating it's like your de-escalation strategy yes mm -hmm. And once you put it out there, think about it. Like if you, even if you're trying, you're, 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 you're driving real fast and you are trying to stop, you know, it's going to take a minute before that, that vehicle comes to a complete stop. So if you, in saying this isn't fun anymore, it doesn't mean that you're going to stop arguing just like that. But to your point, it's, you're going to deescalate, you know, you're going to go put your hand in some warm soapy water so that you can come and bring it down and bring it down. Is that a thing? You, you've said that a couple of times. Is that really me. a thing? Does literally, literally, honest to goodness, it works for me. When I am really upset or whatever, I've, oh. I, particularly if I'm in the kitchen, I'm going to make me some soapy water and start cleaning the kitchen and, and I can talk better and I'm not as emotional. I mean, that's that's real. I mean, you know, well, I need you, know, to know. you, you got to know your own, as we were saying before, know yourself, know what it is. It, it makes a difference. I like uh, Bubbly water is pretty. It's warm. It's exciting. <laughs> it's, it's whatever. 
soothing, yeah. right? Yeah. It kind of take, takes the edge off a little right. bit. I yeah. love it. I love it. And, and then what happens <laughs> is that you get an opportunity to be able to say, okay, no, this isn't funny anymore, but you know, let's let's see if we can table this, you know, because I know that let's let's be be mindful that we can say some things that that we don't want to say. You know, call it that's that's one of the things that he was saying. Call it what it is. You know how you have behaved when you are angry. You know how you behave when you are threatened or you feel threatened or overwhelmed, or it may very well be that you heard them say something and they didn't mean what you interpret it or vice versa. So there you there there you know that's an, all the more reason that you want to give yourself permission to say wait a minute let me let me reassess this. Did I did I hear what I did I interpret that? I know I heard what I said, but let me tell you what I thought I heard. Let me tell you what I heard. That may not have been what you said, but let me tell you what I heard. I, I love that so much. I know Sean and I, we talked about a little bit about this this translations of information. So Ken and I now have this thing where you just said someone may say something and you perceived it differently than they meant to give it yes. to you. And what yes. he and I realize is we 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 oftentimes because we're I'm a loud southern girl, right? I get excited. I'm too loud right now, probably, right? So if there's any additional kids like Sean's like, yes. <laughs> So what I realized is we will use a number now on a scale of one to 10. And we, we made this determination in a loving, kind moment, post some shenanigans that whenever we have any type of little argument, it always comes back to someone misunderstood someone else. And we lovingly come back. We've been together for years and years and years because it's like we were so connected. But then I realized we still have these little episodes. Like I just had one today because I'm rushing around. And, and, I, and I realized that the, the, the need was, oh, that feels like a 10 to me. And it's no no blame. But basically, whatever you, on a scale of one to 10, 10 is hot. Yes. And, yes. and Sean, you know, you know, I've done some executive, uh, lots of executive training and evaluation. And one of the things that was lovingly said about me is, I'm not confrontational, but I will not back down from a confrontation. <laughs> That came from Gallup, from, I don't know, like I said, I've done it in different companies, different year over year. I'm not confrontational, but I'm not going to back down from a confrontation. So that is something that I know about myself. So if the volume is coming to me at a, at a six, seven, eight, or nine, if it's over a five, I'm already feeling edgy. Like it feels like a confrontation to me. So now we lovingly say, that feels like a seven. And the other person knows, okay, because I can't hear you past the seven. I'm now in yeah. fighting mode, <laughs> right? Yeah. We got a problem. Yeah. You know, you're not for me, right? Yeah. You're not lovingly for me. And Sean, you and I talked about people being able to prove. Um, you, you were talking about, we're going to do, we, we only got 15 minutes left. Can you believe that? Yeah. With Dr. Tart. So um, Sean, we're going to give Dr. Tart these scenarios that we talked about because we both have friends who are in some situations, right? Where, where um, I think you use the word trust. You talk about someone who might be, you have one of your friends, I'm not using names, we'll call her P, right? T, we'll use a letter that, that we can all, that rhymes, whatever. Uh, that you, you mentioned how um, yeah, some friends that are, that are basically in Corona, in the middle of this space, Jane. <laughs> We're gonna call her Jane, apparently, according to Nate. Thank you for that, Nate. Um, and Jane, you said she's been married for a really long time, and there's some some things you could tell that scenario. But what what, what they built was trust. Can you tell us about that? Which okay, you, you're talking to me or uh, talking to me? I'm trying Trina. to see what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm trying to. Understand. Trina, I think. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Where? Uh, oh, okay. 
that 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 they have a really good relationship. She's she's she has a very aggressive personality, probably more so than me and me and Tracy's. But she, her husband, they've been married for twenty one years, and I and I and I told her that their relationship isn't one I want to mimic, but it's one that I that has tested the you know tried the, and proven the test of time where. She's very aggressive and her husband is very monotone. He's very calm, but somehow she's, she, she submits to him. And I think the reason she has done so is because he has proven time and time again, that he's worthy. Like she, she follows him. She submits. And that's a word that's really difficult for me, Mm -hmm. but uh, she, she does it so easily. And, and I understood over time, like I said, they just celebrated their 21 year anniversary is because he's trusted. He's proven that he's worthy of her submission. You know what I'm saying? You can't just submit to everybody. And he, and it's so easy for her because he's, his words and his action match all the time. Mm-hmm. And that was just, that was what I love it. And I love that. That's a huge lesson learning. You kind of said something similar when we were talking about, you know, this idea of using the word submit, but it's really, you can submit, be less aggressive, right? Uh, Know that the other person is going to trust that the other person has your best interest at heart. So Mm -hmm. you don't have, so you can, Mm -hmm. you know, take a back seat sometimes because you trust that they are going to uh, also defend your honor. Mm-hmm. do whatever you need to have done, right? Support you in whatever way you need to have supported. So it really goes back to trust as well, right? They've proven uh, themselves to be. Yeah. yeah I think that I just, and, and John, just talking about the, the, uh, the friend and, and I'm, 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 I'm comparing it to some of the studies that have been, d- that have been done about um, function, healthily, healthy functional marriages and what that looks like. So, um, though the personalities may be different, that one thing that uh, Gutman talks about is leaning into the other person. And, and to the point, uh, Tracy, you were saying that you have my best interest at heart. Well, and that, that is, it's a, it, takes a, it takes a minute to build that. You, um, once you've shown or you've asked for what it is that you need and the other person, you believe that the other person really understands what you're asking for and they're showing you in their own way how they can hear, how they're hearing you and they're willing to give you that, okay? But, but, but simultaneously, they're asking for something too in that it may be time, if nothing else, okay? So I'm hearing you say that this is critical. This is very important to you. Well, that was foreign to me, so it's going to take me a minute to get there. So what I need from you is this, because my intent, my intent, my, my efforts, and you will see that, that I will make these conscious efforts to get to what you're asking for. So if we get to a place where um, there may be at some place along that journey, you may have to agree to disagree because there has been some confusion. You may have had to say, well, can we um, reassign the urgency, but it is still about uh, understanding. You know, the scripture says, "In all thy getting, get an understanding." So, in our getting that understanding, it will lend itself to the longevity that you're looking for, if indeed that's what you're looking for. And that's another thing. When if we start, when we start these these this this journey or whatever, we start with the end in mind, and we're willing to share with the other individual what that end looks like. You know, and then can you hear what the other person is saying, and how do you blend it? How do you make it a win-win? You know, those, those basic concepts in terms of just being an effective communicator. 
we're utilizing uh, those tools in the relationship to make it a, an effective relationship. I, I love this. So I can't believe we only have 12 minutes left. So if you think about what we just covered as it relates to relationships, we talked about setting clear expectations, loving yourself, making sure that there there is a space for learning along the way. Um, you talked about establishing um, uh, safe words. This isn't fun anymore. You're right. Let's figure out how to de-escalate. Uh, trusting that the other person is going to know, knowing your own faults, but trusting the other person is going to meet your needs. How, how strong women, you know, can can uh, embrace their feminine <laughs> energy, yeah. yes. right? The sway. So we just covered a lot as related to loving relationships. We said we were going to cover a little bit related to family and children. As it relates to families, Sean, you and I both have siblings, um, and I have some friends that I'm closer with than some of my my siblings, and I love my siblings, love, 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 love them to death. So my question is, during this time of COVID-19, when you really don't know who's going to be here tomorrow, the next day, right, et cetera, um, there's all kind of stress happening across families. Dr. Chow, what would you share? I mean, I love my siblings, love, 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 love them to death. What would you share with people who, and I don't have anyone that I haven't spoken to for years or anything like that, but I know that there's a lot of that that's out there, right? There's people who don't have loving relationships with their siblings. Is there any advice that you can share right now with others that would help them to connect with family members near and far, build those loving family relationships, whether it's children who- who's gone astray, siblings, et cetera? For those who uh, may have may have strained or uh, or estranged relationship relationships or in a, a strained relationship, uh, one thing um, I would would recommend, and it's amazing that you asked this question because I was just dealing with a client with something very similar, and I'm I'm big on encouraging my clients to write letters because it helps to give clarity. It really does. If there is a great um, something that has been really heavy on your heart for decades or whatever. You know, and in relationships, I come from a very large family. There were 10 of us, so yeah. And I have five sisters. So um, sometimes we can look at our siblings or look at our parents and say, well, you love them more than me or you treated them, whatever. And my, my younger, youngest in the family and I were talking the other day and she says, mom used to always say, I know my children and I love, and I love them adequately. Um, I think that sometimes because we compare things to, you know, we compare things. That's just, yeah, we compare things. So as a result of that, the way that we find ourselves comparing, we may not sometimes come with the same feeling that we think that somebody, when somebody else has gotten something, but, but, but to shorten this, what I'm trying to say here is for those people who have been in difficult relationships with their loved ones. And to your point, Tracy, we don't know if tomorrow is promised first find, find a, 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 I would encourage that you find a point of, um, of familiarity, something that may have been appreciated, something that maybe the two of you appreciated at one point or the other, and see if you could explore that first with yourself, within yourself, before you try to give it away or send a note or, or call somebody and talk to, because you don't know where they're going to meet you. But if you, again, have come to a place where this is the message that I want to convey, because when we look back on our yesterdays, each of us could have a different interpretation of what that looked like. So we have to give credence to that person's opinion. It may be very different from yours or whatever, but that's not the reason for the call or that's not the reason for the note. You just want to say what you want to say. And if what you want to say is, I love you, I forgive you, 
I miss you, I whatever, then say that. You know, uh, the, the scripture tells us again, if you have an art with your brother, leave your gift at the altar and go and correct it. So that's a, that's a responsibility that we have. So how then do we choose to do that? And again, any of us can be upset about whatever. And we own that. I mean, whether we own it or not, that's ours. That's ours to have because our emotions are exclusive. They're ours and we can't tell other people how they are supposed to feel. So to try to um, bridge the gap because of these times, even when we are in the house with the person, okay? Going there again, the scripture says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. On your, uh, uh, so if, if we're gonna take that literally, at least say, somebody says, can we deal with this tomorrow? But I apologize for whatever. And I know that that's hard. I'm not trying to say that it's easy, but whatever that gesture is, maybe it's a cup of cold water or whatever, just to say, can we just call truce? Can we call a truce? We have to, we have to be accountable mm. for our behavior. We have to be accountable for our behavior. So I in an effort that. to be accountable, give, give that thing that you're hoping to get. If you want love, then extend it. And I'm not talking about kissy, kissy, lovey, lovey, I love you, da, 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 da. I'm going to accept any and everything that you've done. No, because a number of people are hurt. I mean, they are very, very hurt. And it, it may have been very traumatic. But if it is that you're saying, this is what it was from my perspective, and this is where I am, and all I've got to offer you is con compassion or consideration, rather, consideration. If that's what I've got, then that's what I've got. I love it. So you're basically putting it out there. And I, what I'm hearing you say is if you're writing a letter, you're not expecting someone to write you one back. You're no, basically, you're putting it out there. You're, it's, it's a one-way conversation to start. If something happens, delightful. But you're, you're, you're getting peace about that thing as you putting your, 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 your message out into the universe and just and letting it land, disconnecting, as Deepak would say, disconnecting from the outcome, right? The, the, the letter is it, it, it. The letter is complete. It is your opportunity to 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 put put that out there. Miss Duhart, same question. What are the less any lessons learned that you might share about family relations, whether it's with siblings or nieces, nephews, etc.? Any lessons learned that you could share over the years? I guess just the same. You know, I, our parents are getting older now, so. Uh, roles are reversing more to speak. And, and it's odd you say that because me and uh, my boyfriend talked about it the other day. He always says, I'm the mother in this, in, in my family. And I was like, I don't want to be the mother. That's not a role that I want. He, and he always tells me that's the role that you were given. You know what I'm saying? You're good at it. You know, you, I, I'm always the person that, you know, has to make decisions when it comes to the care of my parents and my siblings, you know, kind of all do their own thing. You have to meet, he was like, you have to meet people where they are. That's your role and you'll be blessed for it. So I I, I, I used to do it begrudgingly, you know what I'm saying? Like, why is, I'm not the oldest, I'm the youngest girl. Why is it that when it comes to things being, you know, with my parents, I'm the one to go to, you know, when any decision needs to be made a responsibility, the money response, you know, I'm the person that, to come to. And he was like, because that's, that's, that, that's your role in this family. You know what I'm saying? Other people's roles are different and maybe yours is heavier than theirs. Uh, and, you know, so like I said, I, I had to work through it. Another thing is, like I said, making permanent decisions on temporary emotions. I love my siblings, right, wrong, or indifferent. You know what I'm saying? And I'll go to bat for them and I know they will go to bat for me. But it's just accepting my role and not being mad about it. Mm, I love that. I, I love that more than you know, because I mean, at the end of the day, to your point, we all have 
roles and and and, and you've chosen to you've chosen, you've chosen the high road i would say numerous times you just do what needs to be done so i love i love that he that he broke it down for you too right that like like um if I had to think we have four minutes left, he's probably going to say three and a half. Um, so are there any final words that you all would want to share with people who might be watching, you know, who, who, who might be in need of whether it's loving personal relationships with someone that you with any recaps, any summaries that you would share about what can someone do right now in their loving relationship? What can they do differently to ensure that they have loving relationships? And I will start with you, Ms. Duhart, and I'll come to you, um, Ms. Miss Miss Tart Dr. Tart at the end. Okay. I think for me, uh, you can't expect more than you're willing to give. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I just that's just the bottom line. You expect somebody the same things that I don't give anything that I don't expect. I don't ask for anything that I don't expect in return. And that way, you know, I can't be disappointed or I can't, you know, and, and always set the set what your goals. You have to say what you want and what you need to get it. If you if you didn't voice it and didn't say it then you can't assume that they know it. I mean, you can't hold them accountable if you didn't tell them. Mm. Well, well, wow. I, that's, yeah. that's beautiful. Uh, Dr. Tart, any, any, any final thoughts? Um, that is beautiful. And I want to say what she said, but what I said, what I want to say, what I'm going to say. Is <laughs> what that, she said. <laughs> is that we, there is a need for us to be transparent. And I, and I know that that sometimes that I hear people say, that's really hard. I don't know what you mean when you say that. And it, it goes, candidly, this is uh, serendipitous, I guess is the word. Sean, you started this off by saying loving your, love yourself. Um, the, but getting to a point where you're, uh, you're transparent enough to ask yourself the question and give yourself an honest mm. answer. You know, how really do, how do I feel about Fred, Bob, Ted, or Alice, or how do I feel even about myself? Can I, can I be open enough for them? And and sometimes we are so drenched in in our ideologies or philosophies that sometimes we aren't willing we aren't willing to let go of that. We aren't willing to let go of the things that that the tools that we've used forever and a day. So we have to be real. I love it, love it, love it. Wow, that was just absolutely amazing Woo. any final words ladies as as um <laughs> he kicks us off for this particular session and listen we're using this content for the next book as you know book number one became an international bestseller so book number yes. two is already ready to be an international bestseller and it, we're basically taking content from prior shows and we're going to use this content build this in and it's really about loving the journey and living the dream so the chapters that we have you know talking about relationships this is our video documentary of some of those concepts where we really want to make sure we give people very clear instructions sean don't you wish you knew what you knew now at 16. yes Yes, that's that's what this book is about. Like all the lessons and all the things that we 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 what can we do right now in our lives to make each day the best that it possibly can be. So this is Tracy Harrell, Dr. Tart. I know you have another engagement, Sean. I don't know if you plan to stay, but next, stay with us. Next, we have Miss Debrina Jackson Gandy, who's going to join us, and uh, maybe with some surprise guests. So stay on with us, Miss Duhart, for a second. And Dr. Tart, mwah, we love you. This is Tracy Harrell. It's bigger Bye. than me.